0: Hey guys, welcome back to Vertical Momentum. I'm your host, Richard Kaufman, also known as The comeback Coach. Guys, make sure you smash that subscribe button and make sure you smash that notification button because this episode is going to blow your socks off. Guys, we're going to be talking about something very near and dear to my heart. We're going to be talking about addiction, recovery, post-traumatic stress with my friend Ed, amazing guy, one of my biggest supporters Ever retired law enforcement. Now he's got a business that's booming. He's got an amazing family. He's living the dream now. Ed, welcome to the show, brother.
1: Thank you. I appreciate you having me.
0: I love it. So talk to us a little bit about you know where you come from, where you grew up, and tell us a little bit about your backstory.
1: Originally, I am from Austin, Texas. I started struggling with alcoholic alcoholism and addiction early on in life uh, i lost my dad at 17 years old and i wanted that pain to stop and i poured everything in that i possibly could to try to make that pain stop of course you know as well as i do being an addict that doesn't it doesn't help anything so i struggled with addiction probably close to 20 years That led to 28 arrests, uh, two prison stints, multiple rehabs, uh, so on and so on. Uh, Eventually, eventually that led to me being on the street and being homeless. Uh, I wasn't on the street for a long time, only a couple of days, but it was enough that I knew I didn't want to do this anymore. And I knew that if I didn't change, I was going to die. So a little bit about that moment that happened that that changed everything. I had lost my mother a, in 2004, and she was always the person that picked me up, dusted me off, and, and sent me back down the road. Well, I lost her. I didn't know what I was going to do. I lost After that, I lost everything and ended up uh, being on the street. In 2005, Hurricane Katrina happened. Mm. And my cousin was living here in San Antonio and asked if I could come help out with the victims coming from Hurricane Katrina. And I said, you know, absolutely. I don't have anything better to do. All I'm going to be doing is sticking a needle in my arm I think this would be good. So I came down and I volunteered with the Red Cross. And I was volunteering with the Red Cross for about a week or so. And the amount of people that were lined up that needed help was astounding. There were Greyhound buses as far as you could see. There was just people everywhere that just needed help and so we were scrambling trying to keep up so my job was handing out blankets and handing out sack lunches and that sort of thing not a big deal to me but apparently it was a big deal to some so as i said i had been there a couple of weeks and a little old lady came up to me and she said son i want to thank you for being here today and I said, yeah, you know, I'm just, you know, like I said, I'm just handing out blankets. Anybody can do that. And she said, you know, out of all the other places in the world that you could be, you chose to be here helping us. And for some of us, that means a lot. Man, that hit me right in the heart. That was better than any drug, any alcohol, anything I had ever done. I was like, I want, I want to do this. I want to help people. I want this feeling to continue. I didn't know how I was going to do it. I just, that's what I wanted to do. So I set out on a mission. I wanted, I wanted to help people. There was something bigger than myself that I could now believe in, if that makes any sense. Because I didn't believe in myself at all. I hated myself. I hated who I saw in the mirror. I hated who I had become. I hated what drugs had done to me and what God had done to me by taking away my my mom. And, and you know, there's all these things that I hated. But this, I could see something bigger than me, and that's what I wanted to do. So my cousin was involved in fire and EMS. She was with a volunteer fire department here in San Antonio. So that's that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to, I wanted to be like her. I wanted to put on that uniform and, and help people. Well, I went after Katrina was done and everything. I, I ended up staying there another couple of weeks after Katrina was done. I went to this volunteer fire department and I asked him if, if I could volunteer. And of course the answer was no. They said, you know, do you know how many times you've been arrested? Do you know how long your criminal background is? Yeah, I was there. I remember. I said, There's no way that we can we can have anybody with your criminal background on this fire department. I'm sorry. It's just not going to work. And I said, but I've changed. I, I'm not that person anymore. I want to help people. Doesn't matter. We're, we can't help you. I said, well, okay. When, when can I try again? When can I reapply? And they said, "Well, you could, you could come back next month if you wanted to, but the answer is no. I'll see you next month." And so the next month I came back again. The answer was no. The next month I came back again, and the answer was no. But the good part is all this time I've been clean. Now I have something bigger than myself that's keeping me clean and keeping me keeping me straight if that makes any sense. So after 4 months of coming back, finally the assistant chief of that department who I'm who I'm still friends with today, she went to the chief and she told the chief she was like, "Look, just just hire the guy. He's showing up more than our volunteers are. Give him a chance." And so they did. They gave me a chance. And that day, I'll never forget this. That day, that chief walked up to me and he said, I don't know why you're here. You're wasting my time and you're wasting your time. You're never going to be anything other than an alcoholic, an addict, and a felon. And I said, sure, that's your opinion. Everybody's entitled to their opinion but I'm going to show you that I'm different. And I did. I later on became chief of that same fire department. I was with that fire department for 13 years. Uh, and that was the turning moment that, um, that led to me becoming a better person. I have 17 years clean and sober and I continued in the fire service. I continued in private ems i worked private ems for 10 years on top of working at that volunteer fire department and i also went on to become a paid city fireman i did Uh, let's 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 hop
0: back i want to hop back a little bit sure Um, no problem as you know as you see i'm writing stuff down because if i if i don't write it down i got a tbi if i don't write it down i'm never going to remember but you know I've been clean. I think I'm going up on 34 years. And once I quit um, everything and I joined the military, that was my drug. You know, that Mm -hmm. was my adrenaline rush. You know, that was what kept me going, living, you know, feeling the need for speed, as they would say, and Maverick would say. But now when I got out of the military, um, I couldn't. I'm clean now. So now I don't have that adrenaline rush. Mm -hmm. And also when I was in the military, you know, like first responders, you know, um, a lot of first responders, uh, because I've had many on the show, the way they deal with certain things is they either go to the bottle or, you know, they go to a pill. But it's different when you're clean and sober, having to deal with life on life's terms. Correct. What was that like going through that?
1: It was hard, but I knew, given my background, all it would take is one slip up. All it would take is one slip up, one arrest, one anything, and I would lose everything I worked for. And I couldn't lose everything I worked for. I I met my wife in the fire department, and now I'm married and I have two kids now. And I know that I don't ever want to go back to where I was. I got my—that was my second chance. There won't be a third. <laughs> um, but I can relate to what you're saying for the adrenaline rush. There is nothing like making entry on a working structure fire, with flames rolling over your head and the radio going, and, and there's nothing like it. Uh, and I miss it every single day. I retired in 2019. Like yourself, I have PTSD. And that was a hard decision for me because firing EMS gave me my new life, it gave me a purpose. And now PTSD from bad calls was destroying that purpose. And I've, I have never felt so helpless in my life. I was trying to deal with the nightmares and the stress and the bad, the bad calls just kept coming, but I didn't want to let go because that was, you know, that was my new drug. Like you said, I didn't want to let go of that, but I knew If I didn't let go, it was going to kill me. I was going to put a gun in my mouth and that was going to be it. I knew I could see it as plain as day. I knew it was coming. And so I had to walk away from my retirement. I had to walk away from everything because I knew that it was going to kill me if I didn't.
0: All right. So now, because the day that I attempted suicide, was uh, Memorial Day 2012 because I got hurt on duty. And if you can't see, you can't shoot. We don't need you. So they tell me, you know, you're no longer Sergeant Kaufman. Okay, if I'm no longer Sergeant Kaufman, who am I? Right. Who is Richard? And that drove me to um, almost taking my life. And it seems like no matter whether you're, Uh, a fireman, police officer, a veteran, a football player, baseball, basketball. Once we take that uniform off, we become so vulnerable. And a lot of us don't know who we are because that became our identity. Mm -hmm. So talk to us about the day that you actually hung up your boots and what was that like that that day and that following day.
1: So... Leading up to it was a huge depression because I knew that I, like I said, I knew that I was going to have to hang it up and I had to go speak to my chief and my assistant chief and, and tell them, you know, what was going on. And and they were, they said, well, what, what about seeing a counselor? What about, you know, we want, we don't want you to leave. And I, I tried seeing a counselor before and it, it just didn't work. Uh, Unless they are in fire and EMS or unless they are in the military like yourself, talking to a counselor who hasn't been there and done it doesn't do us any good. They have no idea where we're coming from. And so that depression was hard. The day that I walked out of the fire department, everybody lined up and clapped for me as I was leaving. I don't think that I've, I don't think that I've ever cried that hard. <clears throat> it was it was an amazing feeling. One because I was appreciated, but two knowing that that was it. And now I had to become Ed. Now I had to become a husband and a father and I did that while I was was still on on duty as a fireman, but there was very much a switch. While I was on duty, I was Fireman Eisenbeck or Chief Eisenbeck. But when I came home, I had to turn that switch off and become dad. That switch became harder and harder to turn off. So now I have to turn it off and I have to become Ed. And as you said, like, who is that? I didn't know who that was. I I retired in 2019 and I'm still trying to figure out who that guy is. I work on myself regularly because I don't know. And maybe you can relate to this. When we were in addiction, we didn't feel. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Anytime we got sad, anytime we got mad, we added alcohol or we added drugs or we added whatever. When we were in the military and when we were in the fire department, we didn't feel. You can't feel. You have to do your job. You can feel later. And so we very much suppress that and stuff that down. So now that I'm Ed and now that I'm dad, I'm trying to figure out how not to suppress that. And how to deal with it how to deal with feelings in a healthy way and it's difficult it's hard yeah,
0: yeah. Well, you know like i said i've been in recovery 30 going on 34 years i think 34 or 35 i quit accounting at 30 <laughs> uh, but um uh, you know they say you know you have to deal with life on life's terms you know mm-hmm. like if if my wife gets aggravated you know, she can go downstairs and, and have a twisted tea and it's all good. You know, for me, I, I'm like, shit, I don't drink. I don't smoke. So it's kind of like, all right, what do I do? And and sometimes you can act out in other ways just to trying to, you know, deal with whatever we're dealing with. But first, first, before we get on to stuff, stuff, anything like that, I want to thank our sponsors. Um, as as you guys know, I wrote a book. It just hit number one twice on uh, on amazon in the substance abuse category and this is a little excerpt from it just so you guys know what it's about it says my my name is richard kaufman people call me the comeback coach because at one point i was living in a crack house wondering where my next meal would come from i got my shit together became the, the soldier of the year only to have my life flipped upside down again and i tried to take my own life I bounce back, hence the comeback coach and the mentality of today I decide whether I want to be a victim or I want to be a victor. So, guys, if you're interested in the book, just, just let me know. I'll just write type book in the comments. 100% of the proceeds, 100% go to help veterans and first responders struggling with PTSD and homelessness. Then the other sponsor is StreamYard. Guys, if you ever want to start your own show, Streamyard will actually help you, and I got a coupon code. If you want to start, you can actually start for free. So, uh, just want to thank thank you guys. Um, so now, like when I got clean, um, you know they told me you got to stay away from people, places, things. Um, and then when I hung up my uniform, you know when I was in when I had my uniform on, I knew what I was doing every day. I, I had a routine. You know, and I had a mission. So what was Ed like when you no longer have a routine, you no longer have a mission, and now you wake up and you're like, shit, now
1: what? Well, so there's two parts to this. Um, I started my own company back when I was still a fireman. As a fireman, you don't make a lot of money. So I started a handyman business to supplement my income. Um, That was my purpose. Uh, I, I slowly moved from being a fireman to being a business owner. And now that is, that's my new purpose. But with that being said, you still miss the brotherhood. You still miss being around the guys and that sort of thing. So I have a group of guys that we ride motorcycles together and they're all, uh, they're all retired or active firefighters and first responders. So that helps a lot. I'm also friends with a lot of the people that I served with. So that helps a lot. So, but at the same time, it's hard for me to actually stop by the firehouse. Uh, I, I haven't been able to do it yet. And I don't know. There's a lot of pain there because I had to give up something that I loved. And I know that a lot of retirees from the fire service uh, will stop by the firehouse and, and talk to the guys and that sort of thing. I just can't. And I, maybe one day I can. Hopefully I can. I, I know that I have a lot to give to the to the younger community. I just maybe it's being selfish, but I just I can't. It hurts too bad.
0: All right. So now, as everybody knows, um where I'm sitting, I if I stand on my front porch, I'm overlooking where the twin towers once stood, and um, it changed my life, changed everything uh, about me. Uh, today is September twelfth, which I think is one of the greatest days in history, because everybody was an American everybody was flying the American flag. Um, But 9-11, you know, 343 firemen ran into the buildings while everybody was running away. Um, So I I always give props, always. My family, we bleed red and we bleed blue in our household. But, you know, a lot of uh, people are still suffering Mm -hmm. from that. And not only mentally, but a lot of physical. So now how, and I wanted this is, question you know for you how do you what kind of actionable steps if we have a lot of first responders veterans that are listening how do we fight the demons that come in the middle of the night
1: talk about it we talk about it we talk about it to people like you we talk to to, we talk about it to people like me most importantly we talk about it because what has been the answer in the past? Oh, you're fine. Man up. You're Be a man. Get up and handle your business. You know, just stuff it down. You're all right. Keep going. I think it's important to speak up and say, hey, I'm not okay. I do need to talk about it. And don't take, I don't, I don't know how to say that. Don't take the first no as, as the answer. If you try to talk about it to someone and they're not listening or they're not giving you the answers you want, go to somebody else, but by all means, be your own advocate and keep talking about it because we know what the other option is and we're not going there.
0: All right. So now I have another question. Like, um, cause I'm always about if, so, you know, a lot of people, they go, they listen to a podcast, but they never get any actionable steps. They get a lot of fluff. And I'm not that guy. You know, I'm the kind of guy that um, I knew that I was about to get locked up. I was about to do five years time, five years jail time. But the person that I robbed was a police officer, which was stupid. Uh, But he gave me my break. He said, you know, you can either go to AA for 90 days and sign in on all that. Or you can do five years. So I chose the 90 day option. Um, And but I did like 900 meetings in a row or something stupid. So if somebody's watching to say, well, how do I get sober? How do I stop drinking? How do I stop using meth? What are the actionable steps that they can actually use?
1: So that is, I also work with a lot of, a lot of people who struggle with addiction. And that is my first thing that I tell them 90 meetings in 90 days. Because we need to have something outside of ourselves to believe in. If we had the willpower just to put it down and walk away, none of us would be addicts to start with, or none of us would be alcoholics to start with. So I think that is what is going to make or break you. When you are willing to go to any length necessary for your recovery, that is when you're going to succeed. And for me, like you were saying, per people, places, and things, for me, that meant moving away from the city I grew up in, moving away from everything I ever known, moving away to moving away from all of my friends, moving away from everything. Now, does that necessarily mean that that is the answer for everyone? No, of course not. But it has to start somewhere. You have to... If you think you're going to still be able to go to the bar and have water while everybody else drinks, you're lying to yourself and you're setting yourself up for recovery. You have to be willing to go to any length necessary. Is it going to be uncomfortable going to these meetings? Sure. Is it going to be uncomfortable talking about your feelings to another man? Is it going to be uncomfortable Admitting that you're powerless over a drug or alcohol in front of all these people. Sure. Absolutely. It's also uncomfortable being homeless, which one, which uncomfortable do you want?
0: No, oh, Wow. I mean, I, I that just hit home for me because I can remember going to my first meeting. I was 20 years old and I'm still drunk. And I'm in the bottom of this church drinking nasty coffee and and eating these nasty cookies. And these old 45, 50 year old guys sitting around me saying, you know, I'm like, well, what do I say? And they're like, you say nothing. Sit down, shut up and listen. And for me, it was the first time I ever heard, you know, I ever hated somebody, but I love these guys because they had what I wanted. Mm -hmm. and you know and they always said listen twice as much as you speak Mm
1: -hmm. you
0: know and but for me you know i i guess i'm just i'm the og now now that i got you know over 34 years when i it seems like when i take when somebody's in a program and i tell them to listen sit down and shut up they kind of get offended because they're (laughs) they're not used to being told that you know what i mean yeah Yeah. i think we need that tough love nowadays especially with that are struggling because a lot of people i mean me included you know i didn't have that father figure that was going to be able to just say listen sit down shut up listen i'm going to teach you right yeah so do you still see that in recovery as much as i do or is it just me
1: you're, you're you hit the nail on the head a lot of people get offended easily and i tell people when i start working with them if you get offended easily I'm probably not the guy for you. I'm not going to pat your butt and tell you it's going to be okay. There's going to be hard work in front of us. And unless you're willing to go to any length necessary, don't waste your time or don't waste my time. Now, is that abrasive? Is that like offensive to some people? Sure, absolutely. But my sobriety means a lot to me and it should mean a lot to you.
0: Yeah. Like for me, like we went out for dinner last night with my cousins, you know, and they're and, you know, my wife drinks. I have alcohol in my house. It doesn't bother me because I know I drink. I die. That's it. It's over. over, You know, but I don't have any problem with it, with other people, because it's not like they say in the program. It's not my circus, not my monkey. You know, do what you want to do. I just think I get to sit back and watch people be stupid. You know what I mean? (laughs) so now for the last couple of minutes, talk about your business, because if we I find that if we quit drinking or if we uh, get out of the military, like you said, we need to find something else to fill up the time. We need to have another mission. So what was it like starting your company and what are the positives that you've taken from you know being a firefighter that's carried over? To your um, to your business. Like for me, you know, being in the military, we knew what standard operation procedures were. We knew that we worked until the mission was done, not until nine, of, nine o'clock nine to five, and then you kick off. So, what positives has the from are you taking from the fire department to the boardroom?
1: So, number one, first and foremost, my business gave me another purpose. It gave me another drive. And that, that was something that is something that I need in my life. I need to have a purpose. I don't think that I'll ever retire because I won't have anything to do and it'll drive me crazy. So that was, that's first and foremost. Number two, I was a chief for a lot of years. So I know how to run crews. I know how to interact with people. Now, Interacting with civilians is a little different than interacting with firemen. You can yell at a fireman and tell him to, to get his stuff together and and not be taken wrong. But you can't, can't do that with regular employees. So that has is, is taken a, uh, a little bit of learning. But being a business owner, you deal with multiple problems all at one time. There, okay, you need you ran out of product on this job. This job, the, the customer needs a little bit more attention. This job needs this, this job needs that. Well, I had that in a structure fire. Being the commander of a structure fire, I knew, okay, now we're doing primary search. Now we're doing interior attack. Now we so I I could command a structure fire. So commanding a business is sort of the same thing. Dealing with all of these different things going on at one time. control chaos, if you will. So that's helped me a lot uh, in being a business owner. It also helps me a lot that my second in command of my business, I actually worked with at the fire department for 15 years. So him and I have a great relationship. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, he has my back. Because he's had it inside of a house fire. He's had it in no situations. So now that we're in a business sense, there's no no doubt that he has my best interest in mind. And I have his.
0: You know, I love that because, you know, I just interviewed a friend of mine on Friday, Mr. Steve D. Sims. And he's a concierge to billionaires. And he says, I won't have anybody in my business that i won't feel comfortable having a beer with mm-hmm. and a lot of people you know will have somebody in their business whether because they're a superstar in the sales or whatever they are and they really don't like the guy or the girl mm-hmm. and they're kind of like well, well they're the best at what they do yeah but it doesn't vibe in the business right and you know you like you said you have to you know you know guy guys got your back yeah. You know, you can call your boy at 3 a.m. and be like, hey, I'm struggling. It's not business wise. I'm struggling. And mm-hmm. he's still going to be there for you. So yep. I love that. Um, so, how do we? Okay. Last, got a, last two questions because it's you. Uh, first question is how do we find you? How do we support your mission?
1: So, I have an Instagram page under my name, I have a public figure page under my name. And I have uh, my regular Facebook page under my name. You can find me in all of those places.
0: All right. So now this is going to be a two-prong question, the last question of of the interview. Um, I have one of my friends, Simon Majumdaran. He was uh, an iron chef on um, uh, Food Network. And he says, in the last two years, we've lost over 100,000 restaurants in the United States alone. So we got a lot of people that aren't working, a lot of people driving Uber, DoorDash, just trying to keep a head above water. So if I ask the average American to do something in seven days, they're probably never going to get to it. But if somebody's watching our show right now and we ask them to take an actionable step in the next 24 hours, they're more likely to do it. So I'm going to ask you a 2 pronged question. If somebody is struggling with their mental health, what can they do in the next 24 hours to get help? And second... If somebody is struggling with their business, what can they do in the next 24 hours to get help?
1: Message me. <laughs> I will help you. <laughs> I, I I've been there. I I've for both. Um, and and that it's it's funny you say that because that is something that I was going to post on my Facebook page today is mental health and how we deal with it. Uh, and the business is the same thing, but mental health, I think a lot of us are so afraid to say anything about our mental health because we're afraid of judgment. We're afraid of what others are going to think about us if we say that we're weak. And so that keeps a lot of us from saying anything. I'm not that person. I've struggled with it for years, and I still struggle with it daily. Me too. (laughs) So... If I can help you, if I can lead you in a right direction, if I can say that one thing to keep you from putting a gun in your mouth, then I've fulfilled my purpose.
0: I love it. So, Ed, I want to say, you know, you've been a supporter of mine since day one, since I started this whole thing. And I just want to say I'm so grateful to be able to call you friend.
1: I appreciate that. Likewise.
0: All right. So guys, make sure you check out Ed, check out his IG page. Make sure you check out his Facebook page. Um, he's got, he's doing some amazing things, always posting positive stuff. So if you want to have a better life, make sure that he's in it. Um, so guys, I just want to say thank you. If you guys are interested in pick up the book, just write book in the comments below and I'll, and I'll get, get that information to you guys. And as my t-shirt says today, I decide you guys get to decide whether you're going to be a victim or a victor. I choose victor instead of the victim. So the three most important words in English language are today I decide. So guys, please, please, please make that decision that you want to live today. You want to get clean and you want to get sober and go for some help.
1: Ed, have an amazing week, brother. Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me. Hi,
0: brother. And guys, remember vertical momentum the only way to go is but up i love you guys and i'll check you out tomorrow thank you for joining us today please hit subscribe and share please feel free to leave us a comment